welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode number 106 for Saturday, the 23rd of June, 2018. Now this is a special episode because I've got a couple of props that I'm going to hold up to the camera today. So if you're watching on YouTube, uh, you'll see my ugly mug and I'm going to be holding things up to the webcam while I'm chatting to you. Uh, But if you're listening to this on the audio feed, don't worry, I will put the pictures and illustrations and links on the resources page for this week so that you can still access them. So as far as this week's writing progress is concerned, since we last spoke, I wrote last Saturday And last Saturday, I wrote 5,242 words of So Many Lies. And that took me up to, well, it should have taken me up to 60,000, but I'm actually up to 63,789, or I was last Saturday. And in the last five minutes, I finished doing today's writing. So today's writing, uh, what have I done? 5,146 words. And that now takes me just shy of 70,000 words total. So I always write over, never under. And those words begin to accrue. So by targets, I'm supposed to be at 65,000 words. But in reality, I've written up to 69,000 words at the moment. But I, I kind of call it 65 because that's it in terms of my targets. So um, I'm into the third part of the book now. So as I've said to you before, I always write quite formulaically. Uh, and by formulaically, I don't kind of mean, you know, A, then B, then C. What I mean is that I like to divide the chapters up evenly. So this is an 18 chapter book. It's got three parts and I've just started the, the, the third part. There are six chapters at each part, three parts in each chapter. So that's what I mean by formulaically. Um, but I'm in the last bit now. So this is kind of where... Uh, it all kind of plays out now, and and I've, I'm very happy that I've really managed to uh, create a beautiful dysfunctional family because I introduced the very last character uh, today, who's kind of a catalyst for all the action that's about to happen. We've just heard about him. We've we've heard about him through uh, third parties so far, but we haven't actually met him. So you've you've had eight, 12 chapters to form a view of this guy, and then you meet him in person. You start to see how everybody reacts to him. So uh, book's going uh, well. Very, very happy with this book. When I was writing it today, I was thinking, um, I feel really pleased now because uh, I'm kind of, I know I've got another, what, 25,000 words to write, but it feels to me like I'm on the final stretch now in that uh, it was quite handy doing that application for the Richard and Judy competition the other week because I had to write a f- synopsis. It forced me to to work out what the ending is. Now, of course, just because I've submitted it to Richard and Judy doesn't mean that has to be the ending. But when I was doing it, I thought, this is a really nice way of bringing it all together. So I do know what my big dramatic ending is good to be now. And I have Richard and Judy to thank for that. So um, I, I kind of know how this is all going to play out now. Now I've got this final character on board. Um, so there is a certain feeling, um, and I don't know all the precise details yet, but I do know exactly where I'm heading now uh, towards the end. So that that feels good. This book is still on target. So uh, as I'm on the video today, I will hold up my, my planning sheet. Um, there's today's writing there, just, just there. That's today's writing. And then uh, we're on target for completion. It's only going to take an illness or being knocked down by a bus to stop this now. We're on target for completion by the 20th, of July, which is when the school summer holidays end. So my wife works part-time term time. Uh, actually, all the kids are home now. So last Sunday, was it? It seems like ages ago. Now, last Sunday, I went to pick up my oldest son from university. We came back with a car full of junk. <laughs> so just when you thought it was all gone, it's come back again. Uh, so a car full of junk. My son's with us for the summer now. So it kind of feels like we're getting into summer mode. But that doesn't begin properly until my wife starts her um, you know, she doesn't work for the six weeks of summer holiday. So 20th of July is when this book will be finished in first draft form. So that's all very exciting. And um, it really does, it really feels like this book has just flown in that um, it, it just does to me. I don't know whether it does to you, but it just feels like five minutes ago still that I was saying to you, I can't find my idea. I haven't got my idea. It's not there yet. And then this idea suddenly comes from nowhere when the pressure's on and the deadline's looming. Um, and um, I've just kind of rattled through this book. It's, it's, it's been really enjoyable to write. And it is some time since I've written a 90,000 worder. So if you think that um, all the Don't Tell Meg books, they were... They were all 90,000 words. And then I wrote five or four. I think it might have been five. So was it four thrillers? 
and one sci-fi. They were written to 50,000 words. So I'm back to 90 again now, a more sustained book. A little bit of apprehension on my part writing 90,000 words again, but uh, it's been okay. It's been it's been fine. So, yeah, happy with this book. It's, it's going well. Now, um, I, I'm going to talk about, obviously, last week's podcast because I've had loads of uh, loads of emails and communications about last week's um, podcast. And, and what I should say before I go into that is just to clarify that when I said to you that, you know, this book is, is not going for Project Bloodhound, it's not because the book is bad or that I'm unhappy with the story. It's just that it, it's was written in the style that my other books have been written in. And I'd already kind of pre-ascertained when I'd, ri- I'd written a load of notes before I started writing this book, that it needed to be kind of single voice, no um, different time frames, just a whole load of things that the book needed to be to go to Bloodhound. And then what I, what I then subsequently went, what did it did is write the book that I always write. And so, um, you know, I kind of already worked out that that's not what I need to be sending Bloodhound. So I'm not, bothered by this I'm a bit cross with myself about it but I'm not bothered by it in that I'm still going to have a good book which will get self-published when I've paid off for this course that I shouldn't have bought um so it's just going to have to wait a little bit you know <laughs> rather than get it done immediately um but I will I will edit it myself um as I feel like it's quite nice for me not to have to rush uh to edit it and it'll just pop out whenever I've got the money to do the edit and the cover so um I'm not sort of particularly uh, bothered about that because as you're about to find out I got other plans and things to be uh, getting on with but I'm very happy with the story I just know it's not the right story to be submitting and that's why I called off the uh, you know the editor that's why I called off the proofreader uh, it's not the right one yet, but I have a plan to to sort that out. So let's talk about last week's podcast. Uh, I, I get the impression uh, a lot of you maybe thought I was about to jump off a cliff or something. Uh, please let me uh, uh, emphasize that that definitely um, isn't the case. Absolutely not. Um, I had uh, I just had sort of two bad reactions, not bad reactions, but I had two interesting reactions to um, you know meeting Louise Ross and, and to um, Anne Nichols, um, you know, amazing story with his crime books. And um, you know, it's funny. Um, there was something. There was an incident. Well, I'd wanted to get into radio for years, and I was kind of teaching, and it was really all I wanted to do from the age of eighteen. But but in those days, there weren't media courses. I think there were about four courses throughout the whole country. You had to do them as a postgraduate, and um, I think you had to find the fees, something like that. So it, you know, it wasn't wasn't easy. There's media courses everywhere on every street corner these days. But in those days, it was hard to get into the media. Um, and um, I knew which course I was going to go to. And, um, you know, it took me a long time because I had to organise my life in a way that uh, we had a mortgage at the time. I was married. We had to reorganise our lives so that I could not, not work for a year to do this postgraduate course. And, and so um, I had my eye on it. I think I'd applied about three years in a row. And then I finally did it on the fourth where we worked out our um, domestic situation um, with that. Now, the thing that finally spurred me on after all those kind of applications to Preston to do the course and it was a bizarre thing and I I can't remember what it was but it was like this experience now it was absolutely bizarre I was lying in bed one morning and I think it was George Michael came on the radio and uh, I was just like dozing listening to the radio like you do before you get up for work and I was teaching and I didn't really want to teach I wanted to get into radio I've been trying to get into radio for ages and for some reason and I can't explain why but I can still remember it I was listening to this you know, listening to George Michael, who was not much older than me, and you know, and I just sort of suddenly thought he's had all this success, and you know, I'm still teaching, I'm not doing what I wanted to do, and I can't, I just don't know why it would be George Michael for goodness sake. It's like some surreal uh, f- scene out of a film, you know, where maybe a little dancing gnome appears at the side of the bed and, and tells you about your future. It was just, it was bizarre, but in that moment, I was lying there, just sort of feeling that um, very, very strongly this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. I need to get into radio. And um, and, and that's what kind of spurred me. Uh, I just felt that I was so much not doing what I needed to be doing. And it spurred me on to do radio, you know, to then have an 18 year um, career in radio. And it, and that was a similar feeling. I just got that sort of deja vu with what happened last week. Cause I can't really explain it. Um, you know, maybe it's just things aligning a series of experiences. I don't know what it was, but for some reason, those two episodes, meeting Louise, hearing about her success in the time sc- same time scale that it's taken me to write the books and then sort of Adam turning around his fortunes um, f- from, from sort of struggling um, just uh, brought everything together and made me feel like I've you know I've, I've got to change things I've got to do something different 
Now, th this is how I tend to work. And by the way, I got some sort of lovely um, communications from people. Uh, such a nice bunch of people listening to this uh, podcast. Um, uh, and I, I just, I, you know, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to mention everybody, but I will just mention a couple of people. Uh, John Evans reached out. John listens on Twitter. Um, uh, John, John gave me some great, I've got some great tips this week, by the way, too. So thank you very much. Uh, John Evans, uh, you know, reached out and, and gave me some ideas, some tips. That was brilliant. Thank you for that. Uh, Claire Hardiger, thank you so much for your generous offer. Claire was offering, um, to edit the book. And I've, I've, <laughs> I've been strict with Claire and said, Claire, you've got a book to get out yourself. You know, you shouldn't be editing my book. Don't get distracted by my book. But I mean, what a generous offer that is. I really appreciate that, Claire. But I'm serious. Get your book out. I want to see your book out um, uh, and, and published. So, if, if um, so, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Uh, Patrick Sheriff uh, also reached out. Thank you very much, Patrick. I, I appreciate that. Uh, John Cronshaw sent me. Uh, John Cronshaw is responsible for me downloading the latest audio on my um, telephone. I'm just trying to remember um, what the name of the guy was. But John, John sort of sent me a quote on Twitter um, from somebody. Um, and, uh, you know, just really saying, uh, 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 responding to the frustration I'd uh, expressed in last week's podcast. Here it is. I've got it now. It's 12 Rules for Life by a guy called Jordan Peterson. Uh, and he's got a chapter about how comparing yourself to others instead of um, to yourself leads to bitterness and resentment. And, um, and, he, and I said, oh, who is this guy? And he sent me a couple of other rules. And I actually found that was rule. What rule was that? I'm not sure which rule that was. But um, I actually liked rule two best, which is treats yourself like someone you are responsible for helping, which is is, is that's probably the advice I, I, I should take more that I'm sort of more uh, encouraging and nurturing of other people than I am of myself. But um, the, the, the point is, and, and, you know, we all have different motivations in life. And, and, and I tend to, my, my modus operandi, is that how you say it, tends to be um, sort of, you know, agitation at self and progress. Um, you know, and it, it's just, it is agitation. And, that, and that's what I experienced was I was experiencing last week, and so so that tends to spur me on to to in a sort of pig-headed way say, you know, why isn't this happening? What do I need to do to make this happen? And then I generally go off and make a plan. And why I'm telling you this is this is exactly what happened with the bizarre and surreal George Michael experience. I don't know where that came from, but it did. It that spurred me on for some reason. It just put that, that sort of fire and that hunger in my belly to make me say, right, I'm doing this this year. I've given up the job. I don't care what happens. We'll find a way to fund it. And I'm going to do this course at Preston. And that then resulted in 18 years of a broadcasting career after many years being on student radio and working towards it. And, and, and that was a similar experience uh, last week. Um, when I sort of said, I'm, I'm, I'm cross with myself. You know, I am cross with myself because I have enough books now to be able to make the living that I need to make. I think, I think I've always been transparent to say that you know if I can make a reliable £2,000 a month then I'm good to go thank you very much but it needs to be a reliable £2,000 a month not a not an occasional £2,000 a month it mustn't come in fits and starts it has to be reliable um, you know to sort of give up to give up a regular income and we're not there yet yet I have enough books to be able to do that so the process I was going through last week is to say look I'm not where I need to be uh, I have enough books uh, you know, there are people who've got fewer books than me who are able to generate that level of income. So I am clearly doing something wrong. And I, I have to sort of ask myself, what am I doing wrong? Now, um, I, I kind of get the idea, this idea about sort of comparing yourself to how you were yesterday. But I'm, um, I am I think you need to be very blunt and honest with yourself, uh, but, but without getting sort of all negative and down about it. But I do think you have to be very honest with your health, yourself. You have to give yourself honest feedback. You know, I'm not in the business. When I was a primary school teacher, we'd got to the stage where, um, you know, everybody in the class by the end of a term had to get a certificate, even if it was just a, like a well done for turning up and breathing certificate. If you like desperate to find something um, to give them, you know, you couldn't reward anything. You, you, we, you, you know, the rule was you have to try and find something to give a kid a certificate for at the end of term. Now, I'm from a generation that, you know, I don't want empty platitudes and I don't want certificates telling me I've made a good effort. Uh, right? That means nothing to me. Uh, I don't need that. And, and so I don't give myself certificates you know, that say, well done for turning up, Paul. Well done for making a good effort. Um, I don't I don't award myself certificates for that. I only reward myself certificates or I pat myself on the back when I've kind of had the success that I'm that I'm driving for. And I do celebrate the successes 
when I have them. So why why I'm saying this is is that you know I'm I'm not gonna you know I'm not in, I'm not uh, I'm not gonna jump it off a cliff or anything like that. Um, I'm I, and when I say I'm cross with myself, I'm cross with myself because you know I should be able to make a living from the books I've written so far, and I'm not. And I have to say to myself, why am I not doing that yet? And the answer is it's because of things that I'm probably doing. Now I say this to people when I'm teaching them tech. You know when you have a problem with a computer, most people say, "Oh, blowing computer, it's a rubbish bit of software, something." broken but in actual fact you know, I know because I've been teaching tech stuff so long actually it's probably something you've done wrong and, and and I include myself in that you know if something won't work on my computer it's probably not my computer it's probably not the software it's probably something stupid I've done like I've put a gap in the password or something like that and that's my attitude with my writing at the moment you've got I can't even remember how many books I've got now 14 15 fiction books, whatever it is, that should be enough to make me £2,000 a month. It's not making me £2,000 a month regularly. I must be doing something wrong or I'm not doing something right, however way you want to frame it. Um, okay. Now, I recognise that I am I am very productive and that a lot of people, you see, what you've got to be careful also not to judge is in, in, in sort of saying, oh, Paul, you're very productive, which I know I am. I am very productive and I always have been. But I've sometimes been productive, you know, amazingly productive, really at the expense of getting the results. So when I was at the BBC in Humberside, there was a presenter there who used to call me Tireless Teague. And what you have to be careful of is, you know, buzzing around frantically like a fly and not really getting anywhere. And um, and, and I sort of, that, that, that the kind of this confluence of experiences um, led me to a point where I thought, you know, really now I've seriously got to do something about this and you know because you listen to these podcasts I've been talking about marketing and things like that and I still haven't done it and I still haven't done it because I'm doing too many other things so um, let me tell you then um, I said to you this is the cycle the cycle always is you know lack of contentment with self and progress Uh, you know lick wounds get up figure out what to do so I wanted to share what the plan is today and before I do that I'm gonna have a cup of tea or a sip of tea uh, usually the last sip that I have when I'm doing these diaries is stone cold. So let me get it while it's warm. Okay. So, oh, by the way, I hadn't finished, um, I hadn't finished off before I do that. I hadn't finished off thanking people like John Cronshaw, Lucy Branch sent me a lovely note, uh, Julie Stock, just a, a wonderful uh, response from people just sort of, um, you know, kind of reaching out in response to last week's podcast. I was a bit nervous about doing that because it was very honest but, um, you know, people tell me they appreciate the honesty. Um, but I, you know, I just figured that, uh, you know, I can't, I can't share with you the I made £4,000 this month because I had a book bub. If I don't also share with you, I can't, you know, it's not truthful. It's not honest. My journey's not honest. If I don't also tell you when I, you know, when I want to sort of thump the wall in frustration. Um, you know, you, you've got to have the good and the bad if you're going to get the proper journey. And so, you know, that's why. Uh, you know, I'll continue to tell you if I ever make five, four thousand quid in a month because of a book bub or a promo, if I have those peaks. But I think it's also important to share the the troughs. You otherwise, you get one of these author journeys that sounds like um, you know they just turned up, wrote a book, and before they knew it, they were a millionaire. You see, you know, though those of you who've been in this for any length of time know that people's trajectories aren't like that. They're just not like that. They they you know people have difficulty. They usually have success because they've got uh, mentorship or help from somebody. It's very, very rare. If you dig a little deeper with stories, there's usually something in there that has fueled that success. Either an influence, um, some effort that somebody's made, something that they've learned. There's usually something that fuels that that success. Um, and, and people aren't always completely transparent about what that was. So as I say, when you're listening to my journey, you can hear the crap with the good stuff, okay? The crap with the jewels you can get. And, um, and, and uh, you know, and sometimes again, like last week, that's going to be fairly blunt, fairly raw, fairly honest. Um, but what I hope it does is gives you some measure of reassurance uh, if you ever feel like that in your writing journey. Anyhow, so let's ha- talk about how we're going to turn that into, um, you know, turn the crap into jewels. So the first thing I did when I'd done that podcast was that you know I got a book on my shelf that talks about this and I've read this book and the first book and I'm just going to hold this up to the screen if you're watching now just make sure that's on the screen um, is a book called The One Thing which I've had in my collection for some time I've got the audio and the book in actual fact The One Thing and it's a book by who's it by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan and um, really kind of the the message of the book is on the cover The One Thing 
um, the, sim the surprisingly simple truths behind extraordinary re results. And the concept here, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not particularly, um, you know, particularly deep philosophical, but it's just um, decide what you want to do and do that one thing. Do one thing. Now, at the moment, I am doing too many things. I know that. And I'm doing too many things. I do a podcast interview once a week. I do a podcast diary once a week. I do a crypto news podcast once a week. I'm doing three days work to sort of keep the roof over my head. I'm doing uh, courses. Uh, I'm doing writing. You know, I'm doing, I am doing too many things. So this seemed like a good opportunity for me to revisit that book, The One Thing. And I'm working through the book uh, a little bit slowly. I'm about halfway through it at the moment. Um, but I'm working through that book. Um, but I know what my, well, I, I, my one thing is. My one thing, and it's kind of like two things because I'm a self-published author. My, my one thing kind of is write books. But actually, my one thing at the moment is to write and sell books. And it's the sell books that I'm not doing. So as indie authors, we can't just write books and hand them over to somebody. We have to actually write and we have to sell them. Uh, we, you know, and if we don't write the books, we can't sell them. Um, and, and if we just write the books and don't sell them, and I don't get where I need to be. So, so um, my most wanted action in my business is to write and sell books. Anything else, frankly, is extraneous. And that's why I'm working through this book to completely tie down my most wanted activity in my business. And, and, but I, you know, I know what that is. I think we all know what it is. So really, podcasts, what I'm doing now, all the other bits that I do, these things are the things that aren't my one thing. Now, some of them I have to do. I have to turn up three days a week, you know, to earn the money, to keep the roof over our head, to do the things that we want to do. So really, that's non-negotiable. That takes up three days. That leaves four days left. So with the four days I've got left, if I'm then going to do, so that's not negotiable, the four days are negotiable. So how I choose to spend those four days is, or should be defined by my one thing. So really those four days, if, if I'm going to sort of do what I need to do to break through, need to be spent on writing, and actually at the moment, less so writing, but marketing my books. Now, I've got photographs on my hard drive um, of Blackpool and Scotland that I took last year and this year that were always supposed to be uh, posts and galleries and content that were supposed to market the books that I've written. And they're just sitting there because I haven't done anything with them. And I haven't done anything with them because I'm too busy doing other things. I'm not doing the one thing. So I think, you know, that's that's something that I've got to that I've got to wrestle with. The problem is, you see, is I love everything I do. I love writing. You know, I love, I, I do do some marketing, but not enough on the books. I'm not focused on it. I love doing the podcast. I love the crypto podcast. I love the diary. I love the interview podcast. I love doing all those things. But I think that I'm probably going to have to jettison something. Um, I think, I, I think I'm going to have to because if I, the, the one thing, the one thing that I want, uh, is, is to have writing success. First of all, that's the one thing that I want to concentrate on. So I'm working through that. Now, the other thing I've done is I went through uh, Adam Neal's, uh, Adam Nichols, I beg your pardon, Adam Nichols' post, bit by bit by bit, and I read all the comments and the questions and, and the answers that he gave, and I made a list of the things that he did to turn his books around, and and I've itemised those. And uh, you know, so what is um, success? They call, have you heard the phrase? Is it success leaves clues? Success leaves footprint, something like that, but you, you get the gist of it. Um, you know, all you've got to do to, to emulate success is to see what somebody else did and then to follow those steps, um, you know, to walk in their footsteps, if you want. So I wanted to backwards engineer what Adam had do, done. And I'm so keen on what Adam's done because Adam is doing, he's writing in my genre, he's doing, he's doing what I want to do, um, and he writes the same kind of books as me. Um, you know, he's in the same genre as me. So one of the other things that Adam mentioned and this is why i've done this on video this week i'm just trying to find the book actually uh there, there we go um one of the other things that anna mentioned to me is uh not to me sorry in that post he mentioned that he'd read digested and acted upon chris fox's right to market now you've probably heard me on these podcasts saying i don't want to write to market you know i, I don't want to to do that but when i said to you last week in the podcast that you know i have to ask myself why i'm not having the success and the answer is probably because of me. It, it's I'm to blame. It's things that I'm doing. And what I mean by that is that it's because probably my mind is closed or I'm not listening to things that I need to be listening to. 
And there's lots of things I know I'm not listening to that I know I've been closed to. And writing to market is one of those things. My mind closed on writing to market. But that's what Adam looked at. He looked at the book, Writing to Market. So in response to that, you know, um, we, um, you've heard the, and I'm going to misquote, I'm sorry I keep misquoting things, but I'm sure you know the quotes, is it was Einstein who said, definition of a madman who's somebody who does the same thing time and time again and expects different results, okay? So to get different results, I've got to do different things. Okay, and the problem is probably me. The problem is me with my mental blocks, with the things that I'm resisting. And one of the things I'm resisting is writing to market. I, I kind of dismissed it. I said, no, that's not for me. And I didn't give it the time of day. So first thing I did is, you know, I've, I've got to, I, I've got to basically work out what my resistances are, what my objections are, and I've got to get over them. So the first thing I did is I got the, the one, um, what is it? The one thing book out from my shelf and I've ordered this on Amazon. And funnily enough, you know, um, I had the audio. I had the audio to this on my phone. I hadn't listened to it because I'd kind of rejected it out of hand. And I've been listening to the audio walking to, to work and back this week. And, uh, and it's great. And actually, writing to market is not what I thought it was. Surprise, surprise. It's something quite different. And in actual fact, it makes absolutely perfect sense. And the process that Chris Fox outlines in that book is absolutely fab. The other thing I did, and this is something else that Adam Nichols uh, recommended, was he listened to uh, Martha Carr's talk from the original, not the London one, but the 20 books to 50K. Was it Vegas, the first one? He he listened through to that about book stacking and rapid release. And again, that's something that I have rejected. Um, but, you know, I've got four books that, frankly, have not been pushed uh, and that with maybe new covers and, and new blurbs and things would benefit from a rapid release. They're written already. I just haven't marketed them in any way. So I'm in the zone for all this stuff now. Now, I enjoyed I've enjoyed listening to Chris and you know, I've had a complete turnaround with this because, um, you know, and apologies to Chris. If I ever meet him, I'll apologize to him. But I'd viewed all this stuff like snake oil, a snake oil salesman they used to have didn't they you know that it was like no this is just you know kind of hypey stuff and I'd be completely close to it and um I I, I <laughs> this is a nice way to apologize isn't it I bought all these books so this is why I wanted to I've got uh, this is plot gardening a simple guide to outlining your novel because you know that's another thing I don't do you've heard me say I pants it all the time I don't plan my novels I was listening to John Cronshaw's uh podcast stop booking around where he was doing some work on save the cat i have saved the cat i've worked through it i've formatted the whole thing so that i know what all the plot points are in a story and still i don't do that properly with every book so you know what's my resistance why am i to blame for this because i'm closed to certain things so i got this plot gardening book as well um to look about um you know to to, to look at outlining right i need to change my behavior if, otherwise, I'm going to get the same results. And my behaviour, you know, <laughs> I've had some bad behaviours. And, you know, I, I need to try something different. This is what I'm saying to you. It might not work, but I need to try different things. So I, I, I'm going to look at writing to market. Um, there's some great advice in there about blurbs and things like that. I, I the, the next book I write um, is going to be something else I've resisted. I'm going to write a series with a single character who spans the books. They're not going to have... Uh, what do they call them? Cliffhanger endings. That's what I'm trying to say. They're not going to have cliffhanger endings on them. They're going to have a single character, uh, you know, a, a small, small um, team of recurring characters. Uh, they're not going to have uh, sort of different uh, plot lines. It's going to be a single plot line that works all the way through. So I'm going to I'm going to undo everything I've done so far, and I'm going to I'm going to follow what the advice says. I'm going to stop resisting the advice. So I've bought. Um, Chris has done a load of books. Actually, they're quite cheap. Uh, Launch to market, which uh, if you're on the video feed, I'm holding up to the camera now. Um, also, his uh, book Six Figure Author: How to Use Data to Sell Books. And um, I'm holding up the last of the books that I've got. Uh, Relaunch your novel. And uh, I think he's written. Has he written six? I think perhaps something like that. Has he got? Has he got it in the front or the back? He's also written one about writing five thousand words an hour. Um, I think that was the one that finally made me think. Oh no, that's too much. When I when I heard him doing interviews. But you know, what do I write now? I can write. What I write one thousand seven hundred words an hour at the moment, and, and and a lot of people express amazement at that, uh, and say, so I don't know how you do that. Well, um, it's really just about expectations, isn't it? Um, my son said to me, he knows somebody at university who's just finished a book that's taken him eight years 
to write. Now, you know that I can write a 90,000 word book. I would have written a 90,000 word book over um, three months this year. Uh, I think it'll be about three months, three or four months. It's taken me to write a 90,000 word book. So I think a lot of it is to do with, you know, expectations and beliefs uh, and limiting beliefs, which is something that you will have heard before. And I think I've got a lot of limiting beliefs. And this is part, this is part of our author journey. We have to go through painful truths. But here's something else that I don't do. And I did it this week. Okay. I've got to change my behaviors to change my outcomes. What's something else I've said to you? I don't read my reviews. I sat down and I'm going to go through all my reviews meticulously. Now, um, it was a revelation to me actually reading my reviews. I haven't read my reviews. I've got about 82 in the States for Don't Tell Meg. I, I, I can't remember what it is in the UK. Fewer in the UK. Um, but I've got a decent number of reviews now. Now in the UK for Don't Tell Meg, and, and apologies if I've got this wrong, I'm sure I'm right. I don't think I have any one-star reviews in the UK. Now, again, I, I was looking at um, Adam's re- reviews. Adam does have, have one stars uh, in, in the UK. I have one stars in the US. And I started to go through those. And um, when I was reading those one stars, uh, uh, and again, I've only sort of just touched on them. I'm going to do this pro- uh, properly. But they were kind of, they were only saying things like, it was just they didn't like the book. They didn't like the character and they didn't like the book, which is fair enough. Um, no, nowhere, and I have to say, I haven't read them all yet, so I, I might be wrong with this, but nowhere was anybody sort of saying, you're a crap writer, you know, the grammar's crap, the writing's crap. They were pretty well saying they didn't like the character, it's fair enough, you know, you don't like all the characters, and that they thought that the, the plot were complex. Well, I agree with that, it's what I've just told you, that the plots are complex. And I like books like that, but I understand that not everybody likes books like that. So, um, you know, so I, I know that if I think if I'm going to sort of hit um, sort of a bigger time, probably my books need to be simpler, even though I love books like that, that are, that are more uh, complex. I like writing them and I like reading them. Now, when I looked at the five stars, there are enough people in the five stars saying, you know, I bloomin' love this book. I love this series. I had to read the next one. This is a great book. I love the character. So there are, there are enough, you know, there's enough there to say that the character is chalk and cheese. I know that you have to stick with the character over the three books to kind of get his catharsis. He has, he has a character arc. Um, and by the end of the third book, um, you know, at first you should be a little bit uncertain about whether you even like the guy. By the end of the book, you should be completely gunning for him and, and kind of understand him. That's his character arc. Um, uh, but some people sort of don't get that far to, to sort of come to like the character. That, that, that's, that's all fine. But I, I found that very educational. But that's another thing I'm going to do. I'm going through all of my reviews for all of my books to see what I could learn from that. And again, that's something that, um, Adam did. So, um, uh, you know, I'm, what I'm doing is I've looked at everything that I'm resisting. And I'm throwing that, I'm just tipping that over and I'm going to do all the things that I've been resisting because I need to do new things to get new results. And I'm looking at, you know, I'm following in Adam's footsteps doing those things because he went through that whole process. At that time, hoping to sort of turn this kind of, this sort of burning uh, frustration about my progress into something positive. And this is just the way I tend to work. This is kind of what motivates me. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not motivated by someone giving me a certificate saying, well done. I, I will be motivated when I hit my goal. When I hit £2,000 a month and I can, you know, bugger off abroad and live off my author earnings, okay, then I'll be happy. That's not an unachievable goal. And it's certainly not an unachievable goal with the number of books I've written. So my frustration is with myself and my progress. And, as, and the other thing is, is, you know, don't, <clears throat> don't get confused. Uh, you know, I know I'm productive and I know that at, at one level, I'm, I'm massively successful already because of my level of productivity, because I can sit down, write a book, get it out, publish it. You know, I, I understand that. And I understand that when, you know, when people talk about, you know, look at how far you've come, don't look at how far you've got to go. But I, I'm not kind of motivated by that. You know, to me, that's like me giving myself one of those um, certificates in assembly telling me I've done very well this week. Uh, you know, when you know, you know, actually, you haven't done that well and actually didn't really deserve the certificate. That It's just a platitude. You know, I, so I do, I, I am a results kind of uh, dr- driven guy. I need the results. Um, uh, and that's what sort of spurs me um, forward. And I think it sort of gives me the impetus to keep going when you might give up. Um, so, so I, it's not a wholly negative thing, is 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 what I'm saying. Um, it would be nice to be able to just move my ass and do it, do it without those kind of uh, that sort of introspection, that frustration with self. But uh, you know, it does spur uh, positivity uh, eventually. So, let me give you the plan. Then uh, the plan is that I'm going to take summer off. I'm taking summer off. Uh, so when I finish writing, 
on, when is it? The 20th, I keep telling this, you'll know the date better than I do. 20th of July is, I, I finished writing So Many Lies. It's the beginning of the summer term. I got all the kids home, my wife isn't going out to work. So my, my routine is disrupted. And when I looked at my schedule, I got a whole load of white for the next six weeks. So I, I have to go, I have to do my day job sort of three days a week, which is fine. But then I got sort of Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays. Those are completely free over uh, the next six weeks. And now, so what I thought is, I'm, I'm taking some breaks. I'm going to do, I'm going to move some things that aren't part of my one thing. So for, um, so I, I'm shifting the schedule with the interviews with the podcast. So you're going to get an interview on. Let me just get the, the order right here. You're going to get an interview on the second of July with Wendy Jones, which is recorded and edited already. You're then going to get an interview on the 9th of July with Peter Mortimer, which is edited and recorded already. And then your final interview for the summer is going to be on Monday the 16th of July with Debbie Young, which I'm, in, I'm doing in two weeks' time before the summer holidays begin. So all my interviews now are going to be edited and recorded before the summer begins. And then you ain't going to get an interview episode, not unless something exceptional happens, um, I'm not going to commit to doing another one until, wait for it, the 1st of October. That's it. No more interviews until the 1st of October. And then I'm going to consider what to do with the interview episodes. Now, I've told you already, I'm going on a podcast mastermind group uh, next week. Uh, we have mastermind meetups in the meantime. Um, you're very kindly uh, submitting the survey results at paulteague.com slash summer. Thank you very much for those. I'm working through those and noting uh, the information in it. But what I'm going to try is a period of virtually sort of uninterrupted time working on the things that I need to do in my author career. Um, so that's that's what I'm doing. I'm going out into the author wilderness to do the things that I know I need to do. Now, what I've decided, because I think I may get lynched if I don't, is I probably, I am going to keep up the podcast diaries over summer. So the only podcast output I'm going to do over summer is the weekly podcast diary. They're probably going to be a little bit shorter, but what I'll do is just let you know what I've been doing that week to work on my author career. So I'll tell you what I'm reading. I'll tell you what actions I've taken, what things I've done. So you will continue to get the podcast diary. That's the only thing that I'm going to keep going um, over the summer. So, uh crypto podcast again is on is going to take a summer break and I just want to spend I want to see what happens when I clear the decks completely and the only thing I work on is my author career now um, the reason I've kept the podcast diary is number one I think I'll probably get lynched if I stopped it now but number two um, I actually find it very useful for accountability it's actually really uh, difficult for me I don't I'm not naturally a sharer uh, you know, I generally just keep stuff to myself and work through it. Um, you know, so um, I have to think about recording an episode like I did last week. It doesn't come easily to me. I always feel very uncomfortable about it because it always feels like it always feels a little bit to me like one of those Facebook posts where somebody puts a comment that says, ah, oh, sigh. And everybody says, oh, hun, what's up? You know, that those kind of things. Um, and I'm not comfortable with that at all, at all. Um so I did have to think about doing a diary like like that last week when you're kind of being quite honest about things. But I hope I hope the benefits of it outweigh kind of the the, the negatives of it. Um, but I do find the this diary it doesn't really take any of my time it's literally because as you can see from the camera I just sit here and yak into a microphone as you as you can see on the camera <laughs> I don't even put my dinner jacket on or comb my hair beforehand you know I just sit here and yak yak into the microphone. Um, so they don't take any time. And I actually, I, I quite like the sort of Friday feeling I get when I do the podcast. Diary. It feels to me um, like a kind of cataloguing of what you've done over the week. So the, the podcast diary will continue. But the interviews, I'm just going to stop and say I'm reconsidering it. I'm just going to take some time out and think about stuff. But the prospect of sort of having six weeks that are not planned out in great detail just actually feels really quite uh, invigorating it feels like a really nice thought um, so I will do the diaries I'll let you know what I'm doing but I'm just going to go out into the wilderness for a little while and just focus on this kind of this one thing just work on the things that I need to be working on for a little while okay time for tea time for tea. it's getting cold so you can see why it gets cold it's because I go on too long so um, anything else I need to add from my list here I think I've told you everything um yeah 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 so um 
yeah, I've t- that's that's the plan basically. I'm just working through. I've made a little list of points, I'm just making sure that I've listed all the points. So in summary, then, um, you know, apologies for a little tantrum last week. Um, I have now spun that round, turned that into positive action. I'm a man with a plan, uh, as I usually am. Uh, but I'm going to do some quite radical changes to 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 move things on. You know, it needs radical action. And actually reading my reviews is going to be the most drastic action. That's quite interesting. I tell you what, um, I'm, I'm planning to kind of t- to take the information out of the review. So um, I, I haven't seen any trolley reviews yet, actually. You know, I, I, it's funny. I, I, I don't mind a one star so long as it's not idiotic. You know what I mean? If somebody doesn't like a character or they think the plot's too complex, it's fine. It's fine. It's that's kind of tangible. It's tangible feedback. You know, not everybody's going to like everything. So that stuff doesn't really trouble me. It's really just kind of complete negativity and trollishness that I, I that I don't really like to read um but I am going to go through those and what I, what I may well do I'm not quite sure how I'm going to organize that yet but I am going to take the kind of points out that I could learn from and I'll probably put those into a spreadsheet so if I can find a way of sharing that with you and talking about that in an episode you know what I learned from looking at my reviews uh, then I, I'll maybe turn that into one of the podcast diaries over summer when I get to that Okay, got some general news for you this week. Uh, just a survey reminder, paultig.com slash summer. Uh, I'm going to this podcast masterclass in Peterborough next week. So now is the time to give me your feedback on the podcast, what you like, what you don't like. Respond to a couple of my suggestions in there. And then I'm just going to mull this over while I'm out in the wilderness just thinking about things and what I'm going to do going forward. Um, then I'm, I'm just going to, um, I'll ask you to fill that in. Then I'll look up the responses I've had to that and they will sort of inform my judgment when I sit down to think, right, what, what are we doing with the podcast? Are we going to continue with the interview episodes? You know, I think it's, it's, I think it's highly unlikely that I would stop the, the podcast diaries. I think, you know, if there's, if there's one last man standing, it'll be the podcast diaries, I think. Um, but, but, uh, you may have to forgive me with the interviews. See, I love doing the interviews. I absolutely love them. Um, but I think we've got to face some hard truths here that I need to probably focus on my, on my writing career, uh, first, and that maybe the interview episodes are something I could pick up at a later date when I move things on with the writing, but I love the podcast. I love podcasting. I want to do it, but clearly, um, what's the saying, you know, a man can chase two rabbits and, he, and he'll catch none. Uh, and that's kind of where I feel I am. I'm chasing too many rabbits and I'm not going to catch any of them. So I might just have to focus on the most important thing, which is the writing and then sort of come back to the proper podcasting at a later date. That's where my mind is right now. Okay, let's go through general news. Um, the Secret Bunker. Oh, I love the people at The Secret Bunker. All right, they bought another 30 books for the shop this week. Um, you know, I just really appreciate their... Um, uh, really, Just to really appreciate them sort of buying the shops and, and the support that they always give me. He always lets me know when he's bought 30. I think I think they might think that I actually have to send them out. When they order them from Amazon, I think they might think that I actually dispatch them. But they always send me a, an email to let me know they bought the books. And I always say a thank you and give them a shout out. Um, and somehow, you know, you know, I've always said to you that I'd like to... The Secret Bunker, I like the story. It's, you know, it's, it's a good book, but it was the first book I wrote. I'd still like to go back and rewrite that book and make it better. I'd like to make it better and sell more of it for The Secret Bunker as well. I would love to think of people reading my book and saying, I've got to see this bunker, you know, from all over the world, and then coming to the bunker and saying, we read the book, we had to see the bunker. How how wonderful would that be? And I'd like to give that to The Secret Bunker people too, because they've been so supportive and so nice with me about that book. And, and you know, it's probably not the best book, book in the world. Um, and and I, I just kind of like to make it better. Now, now I've learned so many things. So I might return to that book too, you know, make it, make it better if I can. Um, because I love that story. And, uh, and obviously it was the first book I ever wrote. I've learned a lot since then. And I just quite like to revisit it and see if I can do better. So that secret bunker anyway, uh, you know, 30 paperbacks, that's fantastic when those orders come in. Um, I, I, I had the new covers last week from Stuart Beige. I'm going to take a slurp of tea. I should have taken it before I started the story. It's getting really cold now. How long have I been doing this? 44 minutes. That's why it's getting cold. So I got my covers back from Stuart Beige. And Stuart sent them as kind of flat covers. And um, and I looked at them and I thought, I'd sort of been a bit iffy about them. They hadn't sort of blown my socks off. They were fine. They're better than the ones I've done. And, and this week, I thought, because um, I'd only got the flat covers, usually people actually supply them in 3D. And so I hadn't got a 3D image of them so I'd gone to the software that I usually use which is my is it my ebook cover maker and I use that to make my 3d graphics usually 
and uh, basically I just pay for it for a month and then and then stop the subscription it's about $35 a month and I only wanted to do these three covers I just thought you know what? it's going to be cheaper to get those done on Fiverr so I popped them on Fiverr and got them done for $15 you know $5 per book just turned into a 3D book and when these books have come back they look they look blooming great as 3D I'm looking at them now uh, in front of me uh, and I'll put them on the resources page but um, when you see them in sort of 3D, you think, oh, oh yeah, you know, that, that looks really good. I'm really pleased with that now when you see it with the spine and everything in context. So um, I, I've kind of got quite, I've got more excited about them. I wasn't, I was kind of okay, but not excited. And now I'm seeing them on 3D. I'm thinking, oh yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they look good. They're a huge improvement on what I did. So um, I'm excited now about my covers. So one of the things I think I'm doing it this weekend is I'm going to slap the covers on um, the paperbacks and on the Amazon books, change the kind of advertising graphics on those. And also, I'm going to put the ebook file into Ingram Spark, uh, into Ingram Spark, so that I can, with a view to approaching my local, some local bookshops and getting that book into local bookshops. I just thought, well, now I've got nice covers on them. And as that book sort of does so well and, and people seem to like it, I thought, let's try, let's try this. Let's, you know, try some new things all the time. And those covers are all kind of classy, um, you know, normal, uh, traditionally published paperback kind of covers. So, um, that's what I'm probably working on this weekend. Uh, something else that requires a visual. Hang on, just lead to my side here. I feel like I'm on blue pizza. Hang on, let's make sure it's fine. Um, this bottle of champagne arrived today. Uh, You'll have to forgive me for being so uncultured, but it's, is it Tatinger? Tatinger? Don't know what it is, but it's it's Champers. I never never even heard of it. You can see how uncultured I am, but it's very nice champagne. You can see it's nice champagne. And it arrived, excuse me, I'm sorry this doesn't work on the audio, but on the video it does. I'm just holding up the packaging there. It arrived in loads of packaging today. I just hold, oh, this is another box, second box, huge box for this shampoo to arrive in. And we missed the UPS delivery guy twice. And I, I, ha I had to arrange for a delivery and say, look, I'm definitely gonna be in today. And I, I like had all the doors open in the house because I work at the back of the house and sometimes you could miss the door. And uh, had all the doors open. I thought, I am not gonna miss this UPS guy today. But uh, this was from um, Darren at uh, Amazon, just as, as a lovely gesture, as a thank you for doing the, um, the Amazon Academy that I did in Newcastle the other day. So that was a, a lovely surprise, really, really nice. And actually, I know exactly what's going to happen with that bottle of champagne. Well, two things that might happen with that bottle of champagne. Number one, uh, it depends which comes first. Uh, so first thing is, is if I hit that £2,000 per month mark, should we say over a period of three months? Over £2,000 over a period of a quarter, we'll crack that. Or whichever comes first, um, Alison Ingleby and I on our crypto podcast, um, you probably don't follow this, but crypto is really low at the moment. It's been in the doldrums since Christmas. And Alison and I have fantasy portfolios, which we put $1,000 into, and they're currently right down to about $369. And we've been saying for the last couple of weeks is when our portfolio hits $1,000 again, basically the fantasy money that we put back into, port into the portfolio we get back, we've said we're going to open a bottle of bubbly you know, have something fizzy and drink it on the show to celebrate being uh, back at a thousand dollars, back at the money that we put in. This is just imaginary money. It's not, it's not real money. It's like a fantasy football league. So whichever comes first, two thousand pound a month for three months in a row, or uh, cryptos go back up to the level that they were at Christmas, uh, and that and that gets opened. All right, unless I unless I come up with something, anything else, uh, then I haven't got any. I, uh, we've I haven't got a wedding anniversary that's going to get me into trouble or anything like that. So no, I've got nothing coming up that that, that I need to crack that for in, in, in the near future. So that was anyway. That's really nice. And um, if you're not watching the video feed, I've put a photo of that on the page. Uh, this is a long one this week. I do apologise, but I just need to say hello to Edwin Downward, who is always a very active participant on this podcast and on the crypto podcast. Uh, Edwin's making me jealous. Well, it's, I mean, I say it's making me jealous, but, you know, I know that people really suffer in the heat. But um, and, and, and to be fair, it's been really nice in the UK. I'm not moaning. This, this has been a nice summer so far in the UK. I've seen plenty of sunshine, so I, I'm definitely not moaning. But Edwin has uh, tweeted saying, uncertain about taking any pictures while listening to self-publishing journeys with Paul T. What if my phone melts and the temperature there is, it's about, is it 90 Fahrenheit, 32 Celsius, I think that is. Uh, I'll, I'll, I put, I'll put the picture on the resources page, but uh, it's hot. It's hot. 
and it's very nice here in the UK at the moment too. So as I say, I definitely am not moaning. Okay, that is it for another podcast diary. See this, I'm on my last slurp of tea now and mm, it's cold now. That's cold. It's not very nice. See, you see how I suffer for my art? having to drink the cold dregs of a cup of tea. So anyhow, uh, that's it for this week's podcast diary. I hope that um, kind of if you listen to last week's and this week's, you kind of get that kind of context, that process of, um, you know, sort of being down on things, uh, licking wounds, coming back with a plan, and, you know, and then turning that into positive activity. So in context, you know, I, I, I hope it's a kind of regenerative, regenerative experience, you know, rather than just a wholly uh, negative experience. Because, you know, I, I continue to be positive about that. My attitude is, you know, I want to do this. I'm determined to do this. Um, but it's not working at the moment. Let's go back to the drawing board. Let's figure out how we're going to do this. And that's kind of how I am with this. And when I, I use the analogy of a fly, um, you know, batter in the window. That's what I'm like. Keep batter, batter, batter. But with self-publishing, we are the fly that gets through the window against all the odds. You know, we can be the fly who breaks through the window. Um, but it does feel like we're the fly not getting through for quite some time, I think. I think that's quite a typical experience for people. So um, thank you very much for listening. Um, what's happening next? <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, my next guest is Wendy Jones on Monday, the 2nd of July. So hopefully you had a good listen to Barry Hutchison's interview episode on Monday. Um, fascinating takeaway from Barry's episode is you can write 80 books as a traditional author and still not make enough money to let them give you a mortgage. All right, that, you know, Wow. Wow. What a takeaway from an interview. That I, My jaw drops sometimes when traditional authors tell me how little they make from all that work that they put in. But I'm delighted that Barry is a turnaround success story and is really doing great things now. So uh, yeah, Wendy Jones is, is coming up on the 2nd of July. Now, Wendy lives in Scotland. Um, she has a police procedural series featuring Detective Inspector Shona McKenzie, and that's set in Dundee. That will be uh, interview episode number 118 of Self-Publishing Journeys on Monday, the 2nd of July. So coming up for me next week, what's happening next week? I'm away for two days at this podcast masterclass, and I will be writing how many words? Another 5,000 words on the Friday. Don't think I'm writing on the Thursday. If I come back super duper energized on Thursday 28th, because I'm away in uh, uh, Peterborough for a couple of days. If I come back energized, I might write on the Thursday, but I only have to write on the Friday. And of course, next week is the end of a quarter. So it's Sunday, the 1st of July, a week this Sunday. So I'm going to be reviewing my quarterly targets board. Now, of course, this is going to be interesting because I'm going to change a lot of my plans that I had, um, it, which is going to feed into what I told you today. So um, my my quarter three board, I'll, I'll give you the quarter two review next week. And then we'll, when we get to the quarter three, that's going to be quite interesting because I'm going to be jettisoning a load of the stuff that I would normally busy myself with. And that, that quarter's targets need to be super, super, super focused on marketing and selling the books, not even writing the books, but marketing and selling the books. So I think that's going to be an interesting one. Thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate it. I'll be back with another diary next Saturday. Have a great week of writing. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.